Warriors, bold, brave, and beautiful. Thank you so much for joining us on Women to Warriors podcast. We at Women to Warriors are all about energizing, encouraging, equipping, and empowering you, woman warrior, for your eternal purpose. We really appreciate you supporting Women to Warriors. You can also check out our website at women2warriors.com. Thank you so much for being a part of our podcast family. Stay fierce. Hey, Warriors, you're getting a special treat today. Doug Longenecker, my hubby, is going to be speaking at our camp, and he's just going to share a little bit about his testimony and how we got to this point in our lives, in this wonderful journey, um, in this warrior journey that we're on. So thank you so much for listening to him as he shares today. So I'd like to open us up in prayer if I could, right? I'm just thankful, God, this morning for the people who came and were able to be here at this beautiful camp. And uh, as was mentioned, I want to share my testimony, Lord, and hopefully it will reach at least somebody in this room. And please help me to speak with love and uh, compassion, Lord, and truth. I believe in truth, Lord. So hope I want your word, Lord, to come through me today to, to reach these people. Many my prayer. Amen. So I'm going to give you a little brief history just on me and how I got to this point. So, um, I had a technical degree, worked as a welder for many years, went and got an engineering degree, and ended up at the end of my career, I prayed and prayed for a three-day-a-week job where I would travel, and uh, God blessed me with that, and uh, making more money than I knew what to do with, and uh, maybe, I don't know if my wife could answer better, I'm not good with timing, but maybe six months to a year into this job, I just woke up in the middle of the night, I was convicted. I was selling robots to manufacturing, replacing people with robots. Here I am making a lot of money supporting the government who I feel is trying to hold us back and change too many things. So I ended up quitting my job. And since then, me and my wife have bought a motor home. We have sold basically most of 90% of our possessions, I would say, in that range. And have just been out witnessing and living the Word of God, and I want to share a little bit of my testimony and the changes that have happened. My wife had started a ministry maybe four or five years ago, uh, Women's to Warriors, and she had professed to me that, hey, one day you're going to be speaking, and I'm like, that like most things she says, I'm like, you're crazy. Um, but here I am, and uh, I was asked, so I'm not really comfortable yet with this, so I'm going to just share a little bit of what I've learned, and uh, I hope that I can speak in nice terms, <laughs> because I get very convicted, and I look at all of you guys as souls, and we are all responsible for saving souls. And so I'm going to jump right to the back of one of my verses that I memorized. And uh, it's in Ezekiel. Hopefully I brought it here. Uh, but Ezekiel clearly says, I didn't bring it, that if we do not speak out against and let somebody know of their sin, we will own that blood of their sin. So we have to, I feel like we have become really weak in our faith as we progressed as Christians, and uh, churches have made it so, it's almost Jesus has become this all-loving idol, and nothing matters. We can just continue to live in sin, repeatedly go back to our sins, and uh, just repent. Well, not even repent. They don't even say you have to repent anymore. You just say you believe in Jesus, and I don't know, so I don't believe any of that. Um, so... I want to just share what has happened to me. So this is on a different track. I'm going to talk a little bit about two sins that I have lived in for most of my life and I'm still struggling to get out of them. And they're sins that I don't feel are talked about in the church either. So they are gluttony and lying. Both of those two sins I feel like 
from the time I was born all the way through have been ushered in to just satisfy the feelings of the flesh. I mean, when your baby's born, you celebrate with food. When somebody graduates, when somebody dies, it's all celebrated around food and gorging ourselves. And clearly, gluttony is a sin. And it's, it says in, in the Bible that we should live to be 120, right? It says, then the Lord says, my spirit will not contend with humans forever, for they are mortal. Their days will be 120 years. That is in Genesis 6, 3. I, it's rare for me to live over 100 now. And I think it's because, one, gluttony is such a bad sin that it just, we don't even realize that we're ruining our temple of God. It says clearly in 1 Corinthians 10, 31, that our bodies are a temple. And it says, whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it in the glory of God. It doesn't say, whatever you do, do it in the glory of God. Why is he so specific about what we eat and what we drink? And I believe it's because this is our temple. We were given one temple. And I always tell people, if you were given one car and you had to make it last your whole life, how would you treat it? And we're given one meat wagon and we expect it to last forever, but we abuse it. We don't put it under the right stresses. We don't feed it with the right nutrients. And it clearly says whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it in the glory of God. And I can't imagine stuffing a donut in my face in the glory of God. And we all have been guilty of that. I was 255 pounds a few years ago and tried to die my whole life. But as soon as I looked at this from a perspective of the Bible and what the Bible clearly says, it's a sin. And it's easier to say no to something when it's a sin, but it also has changed me and my wife physically that I'm 53 years old and I feel better now than I did when I was in my 30s. And I want everybody to have that same thing. And I think God wants that. How are we supposed to profess the word of God? and be joyful Christians if we don't feel good and we're not healthy and we don't have energy. So that, that's one thing that has convicted me. And I challenge people to read the Bible and really look at these things that he says. And like mine, we have been, I feel like society thinks it's okay to tell little white lies all through life. We're kind of taught that. And parents, you probably kids have heard their spouses say it to each other just to keep peace in the house. But it's clear several places in the Bible um, about lying. And it doesn't say little lies, it says all liars. So I want people to really, so here, this is the verse, it's in Proverbs 6, 16, 17, 18, 19. There are six things the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that desires wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush to evil, a false witness who pours out lies and a person who stirs up conflict in the community. I mean, he mentions lies twice in, this, in the, the seven things he hates. And, and here's another one in Proverbs. I believe this is Proverbs. No, this is Psalms 34, 12, 13. Whoever of you loves life and desires to see many good days, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from telling lies. And this has been something uh, I still struggle with today is not telling somebody a little lie. Like, I don't know, like, I, I don't even know what example to give you, flattery. but um, flattery. That's clearly not doing you any good or the person you're flattering. We need to be very truthful. And I feel like, you know, ever since this whole COVID thing started happening, we have, everybody's just caving as Christians and we're becoming more just complacent and trying to keep peace. But, Jesus was not that way. Jesus was very confrontational. He went in, he addressed sin, 
he loved on everybody, but I mean, his buddy Peter, he said, get behind me, Satan. I mean, he called people out. He was not this all loving. So from my small perspective, and as my walk has changed over these last few years, the blessings have been abundant. And the day I started getting rid of like, I used to argue with my wife about this Netflix and the music I would listen to, all these things. I'm like, I'm an adult. These things, I can filter them out. It doesn't bother me. And I just had a talk with a young man two days ago about this. He was telling me he listens to underground rap. And it doesn't affect him. He's still, but it does. And as soon as you start eliminating that, and you start really guarding your heart and what comes in, I'm telling you, it's changed me as a, a human being. I have seven kids, and they've seen the change in me, but I wish I would have been different. I wish I didn't take 50 years for me to figure this out. Like, I really was caught up in building my own kingdom. And from the outside looking in, was probably successful at that. But life was hell. It was not a good thing. So me and my wife have dedicated our lives now to our temples so that we can speak the word of God. And as I'm convicted, I want to convict other people because I think we just skate through life. We're too comfortable. And even being up here now, it's not comfortable for me. But we and my wife, we believe in being uncomfortable as often as we can because that's the only place we're ever going to grow. So, I'm going to leave with this, a couple things. I didn't even look at my notes because I start rambling on. I can talk a lot about things. But uh, I really believe we need to be in the world. People are not in the, in the Bible daily. And I'm up to probably close to two hours a day in the Bible when I couldn't get myself to even read it at men's group once a week. Um, and this is coming, with, my wife is up at four, I promise you, she's up at four in the morning, dancing around the house, praising God, reading her Bible, and I used to be jealous of her. I'm like, I want that happiness. And here she showed me the way, and it took me literally three years of her doing that before. It makes me tear up that I started getting on board. Um, so anyways, I, I really think people need to step back, get out of this world, and like, don't be so distracted. I mean, you're, we're either going to heaven or hell. There's no in-between. And uh, if you read your Bible, the path is not easy. And I think that even our churches have made it so we're just complacent Christians. Who are we really? Are we really helping widows and orphans and people that need it? Or are we just shoving our money in a tithe to the church and letting them decide what to do? I mean, I don't know where we've lost, but I think it's because nobody's really reading their Bible. They're listening to the one preacher, that whoever they like, whoever entertains them, give them the word. But then they're not even going home and reading the Word. So we need to be in the Word every day. That's the best advice I can give you. It has convicted me in so many different ways. And it's clear that once you know better, you cannot return to your sin. I mean, you're better to not have known than to return to your sin. And me and my wife, it's great I'm equally yoked with her because we convict each other on these things. There's been there's a month or two ago I was getting grumpy with her and I wasn't reading my Bible. And all she had to say to me is, I started arguing with her, and she's like, your fruits aren't showing. And, I mean, that's an argument in, her, in our house. I mean, if I'm angry, or our fruits have to be showing. And the only way they're going to show is to exercise those, whether it's spiritually, physically, however it is. You, nothing grows without being nurtured and done so. I don't know how we grow as Christians if we're not over every single day. And actually reading the Word, not just getting through it. So... Um, I want to say, and maybe a happier note, um, let me see here, just something, let me see, I might not even put that in your guys, but I want
close with this um, because this is really important too. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will in our life for Jesus Christ. And this is in such a short time, and I think about eternity versus while we're here. And nobody has this smooth life. We all have these problems every day, and we think it's worse than everybody else. But when you get a year down the road, those problems were nothing. But we live in that. We can't. We have to live in today for Jesus Christ, not in today to get through the day to worry about tomorrow's problems. And again, I don't know how anybody, I don't know how anybody does it without being in the Word every day. I know I couldn't have done it. And again, the days I miss, but it's clear in my actions, I think. So, um, anyways, that's all I have to share with you guys. Um, I'd like to pray over us and then uh, dismiss us all. That's all right. Thank you, God, for this day, Lord. Uh, thank you for your word, Lord. Please help us all to have the discipline and the courage to read your word and apply it to our lives daily, Lord, as it will change our lives. As you stated, your manual is the best way for us to live. And please keep us from using our own wisdom and applying it to the Bible, Lord. Have us just to read it and use it and apply it.